This is the Tech Arts Podcast, where we talk about tech, leadership, and all things that concern church audio, video, and lighting. Welcome to the Tech Arts Podcast. My name is DL. Here we are, episode number five. And it is a beautiful, sunny, 80 degrees here in Dallas, Texas. I got to tell you, we went out to the parks today, and I'm not talking about the theme parks. We went out to the uh, parks with kids in the slides, and we went for a walk, and we had a ton of fun. Uh, we were with some friends just hanging out, and um, it's just been a beautiful day, and uh, I'm just juiced. I'm energized. I hope your day is going as well as my day is, and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Tech Arts Podcast. For all of those who are new, welcome to this podcast where we talk about church tech and all the things that uh, help you get better at it. Be sure to tell your friends that we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, I know a lot of us get tired of the social networking, but unfortunately it is a way of life and uh, it's a way of advertising and a way of getting the word out there to people. So if you're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, make sure you uh, follow us and like us, give us the thumbs up and tell everyone you meet about us and have them follow and like us. Uh, if you need to know where our social networks are at, you can go to audiovideolighting.com to find out more about that. So today's episode, I called it Freak Show Questions. Did that get your attention? Why did I call it Freak Show Questions? Well, in 1995, there was a little group called DC Talk, and they released a hit called The Jesus Freak. Now, I think Christians, I think the secular world considers us Jesus freaks. I think that album kind of hit the nail on the head. And if you're not sure about that, just watch network television, watch the shows, the news, and watch how they portray us. It's definitely portrayed, we're definitely portrayed as Jesus freaks. Well, in 1997, a couple years after that uh, release, matter of fact, on August 26, 1997, DC Talk came out with a live audio and video recording called Welcome to the Freak Show. And in my opinion, this defined what the world thought of us. We are different. We, uh, we believe in living our lives differently. Uh, to the best of our ability, we try to live our lives without sin, which at times can make us stick out. The Welcome to the Freak Show name really caught my attention because it somewhat brought it all together with what we call church tech. It's a display of our technical talents and abilities with content that resonated differently than the typical secular content of sex and violence. So you say to yourself, why the podcast title Freak Show Questions? Well, if the secular world considers us a Jesus freak and our church services freak shows, then embracing that and calling today's Q&A episode Freak Show Questions, where I take questions from you, the Jesus freak, and help you develop the best freak show you can, well, I just thought it was fitting. So how do you get your freak show question into me for, uh, for me to answer? Well, here's how it works. You can DM me on the social networks. Or you can email me at information at digitalgreatcommission.org. That's information at digitalgreatcommission.org. 
And since we decided to come up with the longest email known to mankind, you may not remember that after the episode is over. So if you don't remember information at digitalgreatcommission.org, remember our website, audiovideolighting.com. You can go there and click the contact button and submit a form with your question, and we will get it on the show to the best of our ability. We do get a lot, so we'll sort through them and uh, get uh, the good ones on the air. And uh, we try to answer all of them uh, privately, but on the podcast, we'll try to get a few good ones on the air for you. Again, you can go to audiovideolighting.com, the website, click the contact button, or you can uh, email us as well. So we have questions today from all over the world, and I am so excited to get to them. But before we get to them, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Our main sponsor is Digital Great Commission Ministries. Now, as you could tell, I'm tied into this personally. Digital Great Commission Ministries is a 501c3 nonprofit that helps you build your team, find the right gear, or just better understand the church tech world. DGCM is here for you with their free on-site visits, reports, training videos, articles, and just general church help. Digital Great Commission Ministries is about helping churches understand how to use the instrument of technical gear to reach their congregations. You have to check out all of their resources, training, and consulting options. To do that, you go to audiovideolighting.com. That's audiovideolighting.com. Go there and find out more about them. It's an amazing organization that is here to help your church. All right, let's jump into today's podcast, Freak Show Questions. Remember, no question is foolish. So here's our first question. Which came first in the Bible, audio, video, or lighting? Okay, I take it back. I think this question is a little foolish. It seems obvious to me. In Genesis, audio came first. It says, and God spoke. And then the second thing that came was lighting. Let there be light. But now video. The interesting thing about video is I've read the entire Bible, and I can't find video anywhere in the Bible. Matter of fact, video is really expensive compared to audio and lighting. And the Bible says the root of all evil is money. So I kind of wonder if video, well, I wonder if it's the root of all evil. I wonder if it's of the devil. Uh, matter of fact, they come up with names like Black Magic. All right, I'm just joking. Video is not of the devil, but it is something that I like to kid about. I'm in a front of house audio guy, so I like to say audio is number one. I think lighting's the coolest thing since sliced bread. I don't understand why video is so expensive, but I like to joke around with leaders and elders and and, and people who essentially are making these decisions and say, hey, video, it's of the devil. It's expensive. Lots of money. Black magic. I like to make that joke all the time. You may not think it's funny. I think it's kind of funny. All right. On to some serious questions. Second question from Tom in Florida. And that is, what is more important, gear or people? This is a great question. It's, to me, more technical than spiritual. A lot of people would say this is a spiritual question. Uh, the answer is people are more important than gear. 
But I like to I like to say to people, this is again, this is more technical than spiritual. And, and here's my explanation behind that. Without people, you can't run the gear. Number one. Number two, I think if you pour the right knowledge into people, they will get the most out of the gear. And let me give you an example. Now, these are mega churches, but the example is I know two churches. One church spent about $250,000 on each one of their cameras and lenses. Again, mega churches spending a lot of money on their cameras and lenses, but they wanted the best. They were doing a lot of multi site stuff and they wanted the best cameras. So they. They spent a lot of money on their cameras, like I said, $250,000. And then I know another church that spent about $100,000 per camera. Again, mega churches. I know these dollars are a lot of money. But they wanted to they wanted to get the right gear. Well, the church that spent $100,000, they put a lot of money, energy, and training into their volunteers. They taught them how to shade the cameras, how to iris the cameras, how to paint the cameras, how to white balance, how to black balance, what white and black balance meant, and color temperatures. They basically did a lot of training around that. And the church that spent $100,000, I felt like their cameras looked a lot better than the church that spent more than double that on their cameras. Matter of fact, that church that spent the least amount of money, I thought their cameras looked better for a longer period of time. For years and years, I thought their cameras looked great. Now, the church that spent $250,000, their cameras looked good. I'm not going to say they looked bad. But I just felt like the emphasis on the people that the other church, you know, devoted to their people helped take a camera that probably wasn't the best in the marketplace and took it to a new level because they understood how to operate the camera and again, how to paint it and how to shade it and how to iris it and how to do those different things. So again, my answer is people, but it's, it's more for a technical reason. Now, I think the spiritual reasons are important as well. We are called as technical leaders to build teams and those teams are people, not gear but people. And we need to put time, energy, and effort into our people to build those teams. Now, don't get me wrong. Gear is important. I think if you spend a lot of money on gear and buy better gear and more efficient gear, you're going to have a better production for the lack of a better term to say. Um, But I still think that people make that gear tick. They're the ones that take it to the, to the best that it can be. And so the answer to your question on what is more important, gear or people, it is definitely people. But hopefully I gave you a little bit of a different uh, kind of um, vibe to that, to that question that helps you understand my thinking behind it. All right, third question is from Katie in Colorado. Her question is, at my church, it seems like the work never stops. I play multiple roles, plus I have a normal full-time job. How do I avoid burnout? Oh boy, this is a gr- this is a good question. This is also a hard question. I'm assuming by normal full-time job, she means she works 40 hours at a secular job and then handles the church work as well. And this probably deserves a longer answer. Um, I should probably do an entire podcast on this subject, but let me give you the short answer to this. Just a few bullet points that I think will kind of get us to an answer that'll be helpful. So number one, 
Know the difference between hard work and overwork. Know the difference between hard work and overwork. Set boundaries to help you keep from overworking. So know the difference between hard work and overwork and then set a boundary so you know when you're actually going into the overworking uh, segment of your life. Um, Excellence. I did a podcast on this, so go back and listen to that one. But know the difference between excellence and perfection. If you strive for perfection, you will burn out. And I'll give you the the quick, you know, um, without giving away the entire podcast, excellence is about attitude. It's about making mistakes and growing from those mistakes. So that's definitely one you want to go back and listen to. But know the difference between excellence and perfection. That'll help you avoid burnout. Number three, define what an emergency is. And don't always jump in to rescue things unless it is an emergency. So if it can wait to the next day, let it wait to the next day. But define an emergency. Write it down. What defines an emergency? What criteria have to happen before I say, look, I need to jump on this right away? Number four, keep margin in your life for extra work. So this may seem simple, but plan your week with hours for travel to and from home, extra time for issues, and extra time for last-minute requests. I say to people all the time, if your service ends at 8.30, don't plan on leaving at 8.30. Plan on leaving at 9 o'clock. Give yourself some extra time to work out some of the issues that may have arose during the service. And plan that into your schedule so that everybody knows about it and you know that it's going to provide a cushion and a buffer with that extra margin in your life. Number five, plan your weeks with a Sabbath day. So I think this is really important, but a lot of people say to me, I don't know how to handle my Sabbath because if I take a complete day off, I'm like super worried or nervous or a lot of things are happening in the background that I need to be aware of. And that that's, that's true of a lot of jobs and especially the tech job, which has a lot coming at you and a lot of demand. But I talked to a vice president of a major organization a secular guy, but he believed in a Sabbath day. Basically, he believed he needed to take a day off every single week. And I asked him, hey, you're a VP, high level in your organization. How do you handle this? How do you handle a Sabbath day in a way where you don't walk in and just feel blindsided the next day? He said, it's, it's simple for him. And here's what he did. And a lot of people will say what he did is not a Sabbath, but I thought it was very unique and I thought it really helped me and I started doing it. And that was, he planned an hour around lunch and an hour around dinner. So around five o'clock where he would look at what was going on, on his devices. He would look at what was potentially an emergency and he would take a few minutes to address it. Now he had boundaries where he could keep that inside of one hour um, around lunchtime and around noontime, but it allowed his brain to relax a little bit that things were being taken care of and things were moving in the right direction. So he didn't walk in the next day to an explosion of issues and problems. And again, a lot of people are going to say, well, that's not a Sabbath day, but I've been doing it for years and years after I heard this gentleman talk to me about it. And it's really helped me um, take a day off and keep my mind at ease before walking in 
to the next day. Now, coming up, we have two more questions from our audience. One is on audio consoles, so you don't want to miss that one. But right now, we need to have another word from our sponsors. Six Pixels Studios, where your kids go to learn film and editing skills. Six Pixels is a creative youth education program offering fun, engaging, and educational classes in movie making, stop motion, YouTube, animation, art, and photography. It's all wrapped around a unique, enriched, story-centric curriculum. We help children explore movie making in a safe, collaborative, active, and social environment by promoting teamwork, confidence, problem-solving, creative thinking. They offer after-school programs, homeschool programs, summer camps, workshops, events, field trips, kids' nights out, birthday parties, and more. To find out more about Six Pixels Studios, go to sixpixelsstudios.com. And if you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, go to sixpixelstudios.com slash DFW. That's sixpixelstudios.com slash DFW. Or call us at 817-754-1145. That's 817-754-1145. Six Pixel Studios, where your kids go to learn film and editing skills. Check them out today. All right, let's get back to the questions. Fourth question is from William in Texas. He says, I'm considering leaving my job to go to work for a church. What questions should I ask or what should I be aware of before taking this job? All right. I like to make sure people know that before going to work for a church, you need to know that it's very similar to working in the secular world. Just working for the church, all of a sudden there's not a halo that pops over everybody's head and these human beings become the most perfect people in the world. That's that's not the case. Humans who work for a church are the same as humans who work for a secular world. Uh, there's a difference. We work and serve a savior. And yes, our goals are a little bit different, But that ties into the answers that I'm going to give you. You want to know what the goals are for the church. A lot of times in the secular world, goals are very tangible. But in churches, a lot of churches don't have tangible goals. So a good question to ask and know before you go to work for the church is, what's your goal for this position? You want to go beyond run the tech and get the tech done. Is the goal to develop a larger team? Or does the tech team need disciplining? Does it need discipling? Does it need training? What What is the goal? Don't settle for answers like bring excellence to our team. Now, bringing excellence is something that should happen, but that should happen in every scenario. You want to hear tangible goals like we want to upgrade our sound, bring more clarity to our system, This is what we want to accomplish. So figure out what the overall goal of the church is as well. Does that align with your values? Is it an outreach situation? Like, is that the main goal? Is it salvations? And how does that goal facilitate with the tech? How does it work with the tech? 
figure that out. You want to know that before you take that job. Here's some other good questions. Who do you report to? What you're essentially looking at of this question is to you want to find out uh, the reporting structure. Is it confusing? And how many bosses do you have? Very good to understand that before you go to work for a church. Tell me about your current staff. Like, understand what's going on in, in the facility, what's going on in the church, what's going on with the, the current staff, and ask them what they want to do differently. A lot of people don't ask that question, and they just repeat the same mistakes or the same issues of the last person. And speaking of the last person, when did why did the last person leave their job? When did the last person leave the job? So it's good to know when, because if they've gone without a tech director, if they've gone without this position for three or four months, you're going to understand that your workload is probably a little bit more because you've got to get some things back in order. And then it's good to know why they left, left that job. What does the church believe? This is a great question. Is this a church you would attend, support, and buy into? Before you take that tech position at that church, you need to know the answers to all those questions. Have them on your list. Maybe you're not asking them pointed and directed uh, at, the, at, the, at the interviewer, but maybe you're conversationally gaining those answers. But you need to know those answers before you go to work for that church. All right, question number five is from Lorenzo in Florence, Italy. Hello, Italy. What audio console should I choose for my church? Well, I am a big Digico fan. You can see in the background, I have a Digico uh, coat. I wear it everywhere. I, I promote Digico. I think Digico is the most flexible console on the market for volunteer workflow for broadcasts, front of house, and monitors. I think with their Clang system, it's an amazing uh, integration that allows us to have our performers on stage controlling their um, controlling their monitors and placing things in, in a kind of a three-dimensional format around their ears where it's, it's just an amazing system. With that said, there's a lot of manufacturers out there that offer great consoles. I think Digico is one of them. Yamaha's another. I think a very affordable manufacturer is Allen & Heath. I think if you can't afford a Digico or a Yamaha, I think Allen & Heath is a great console to look at. They have a lot of options, a lot of flexibility, and a lot of variety. But here's where you need to start when it comes to audio consoles. You need to start how many inputs do I need? That's where you need, you need to start with that. How many inputs do I need? How many outputs do I need? What is my network connectivity? Am I going to use Dante? Am I going to use Maddie? Am I going to go, am I going to have fiber? How am I going to connect all this together? Do I need front of house broadcast and monitors? Am I going to use Aviom or Clang? These are questions that you need to ask because if you're focused on the audio console to say broadcast audio, then maybe you're going to look at Studer or some other consoles that are out on the market that are more specific to broadcast audio. But again, I, if you ask me which manufacturer I would recommend, it's always going to be Digico. I think they are the most flexible on the market and, and you get the most bang for your buck in my opinion, but there are a lot of options out there. Again, like I said earlier, I like Allen and Heath. I like Yamaha, but please, please, before you make a console decision, start with what your needs are and focus on that before you start looking at the different manufacturers. I think it's very, 
very important. Well, that's it for the Freak Show questions. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Hey, here's something I want you to remember. As Christians, we should stick out. The world looks at us as funny, and I think that's a good thing. We should be different. We should not have to announce, I'm a Christian. They should see it, know it, and feel it. Even if they think we are a Jesus freak, know this. Having a passion to live your life a certain way will bring respect. So for everyone out there who has chosen to be a church tech, welcome to the Freak Show. I can't wait to talk to you Jesus Freaks on the next Tech Arts Podcast. I'm David Leuschner signing off by wishing you a great day and praying God blesses every moment of your week. See you next time. You have been listening to the Tech Arts Podcast presented by Digital Great Commission Ministries. DGCM is a 501c3 nonprofit that was started to help churches with all things technical. Whether you need help building a team, finding the right gear, or just a better understanding of the church tech world, DGCM is here for you. Find out more about our free on-site visits, reports, and consulting by going to audiovideolighting.com. Digital Great Commission Ministries will help you run your church service like a pro. Find out more at audiovideolighting.com. Thank you.